When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 171 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's season-ending loss to Iowa and discuss the state of Husker football heading into 2020. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Can you feel your toes yet, Justin? Yeah, I think I could feel them by the time I was to my car. Right on. I was uh, I was pretty prepared for the cold, except for my toes got a little, a little cold towards the end of that game. Yeah, same here. I was uh, well insulated and, and and ready for the rain, but you know, my toes still got cold a little bit. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't know if this was your experience, but the folks in our section wanted to stand for most of the game, so there wasn't a lot of sitting on those cold, wet benches. Well, there's something about the opportunity to get your butt wet that makes you want to stand. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, we definitely stood most of the time on our end, too. Well, um, you know, all that said, despite the loss, it was... Uh, it's always good to be in Memorial Stadium watching the Huskers play. I just wish that it weren't uh, the the north end zone right where I was standing where all of the action seemed to take place uh, when it came to Iowa scoring touchdowns and shushing the audience right in front of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> I feel like I was, uh, I was witness to both greatness and tragedy on Friday. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Another another frustrating loss. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really realize that that's pretty much how we lost to Iowa last year. Like, I, I totally had forgotten about that. But it's one of those things where in a season where people are questioning whether or not we're making progress for it to come down to the wire like that, um, you know, it, it raises questions. For some, not so much for me, but I, I see where people are coming from when they ask the question, are we getting anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Because on the surface, for somebody who maybe doesn't understand, like, some of the, oh, I don't know, some of the surgery that's taking place behind the scenes, um, I can see how a casual fan be like, well, we only won one more game. Is that that big of a deal? I mean, we hired Frost. We just, you're supposed to come in and change things real quick. Yeah. I don't know. I need a little more time to think about it before I can really speak to what progress is. I mean, there's been a lot of interesting conversation already just through through you know your journalism, your journalists, your uh, your different writers, your bloggers, Twitter. I mean, there's been lots of discussion about statistical improvement or lack thereof. You got your one win. You've got belief for what it's worth, but I don't know. I need more distance. Sure. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I don't know about the rest of you guys in Husker Nation, but I'm just 
I'm pooped. This season, <laughs> this season just wore me out. It really has. I think that last year we had all of that freshness and, oh, I don't know. There was so much optimism and so much disbelief even at the 0-6 start for Nebraska that, like, at, at least there was something to talk about. This year it's just kind of like, well, uh, I guess we got to wait until August. Yeah, I think future the future will show that Frost's agricultural metaphor is apt as far as stuff's happening under the ground and maybe you don't see it. Um, it, it looks like just a stub or a nubbin of some little, you know, plant. And but the reality is this robust root system has been forming, and then the all of a sudden the all plant of a sudden they're actually forth. completing swing passes next fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, or at yeah. least having swing passes completed for positive yardage. <laughs> right. So I, I'm sure that he's right. Um, I don't doubt him. And neither do I. Like, even in the midst of just feeling nasty about the current situation, like, I haven't lost faith yet. Like, I'm, I still think that next year is going to be an improvement I hope it's more than six wins type of improvement, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. But um, you know the the team came out. We actually did we win the third quarter? Oh, absolutely. We we scored I I think fourteen in the third quarter, and I don't think they scored anything. You're right. They didn't score. Uh, they scored with eight forty one left in the second quarter to take a 24-10 lead, and they didn't score again until with one second left they kicked uh, that field goal. Or made the field goal with one second left. Such a disappointment. It's frustrating because you see growth, like you see a dominant third and fourth quarter, and uh, you see a team respond, but then on the flip side, the first half, you see just uh, big plays. Three, All three touchdowns came the shortest of their three touchdowns with a 45-yard run that mm-hmm. reverse and um and then you see us respond and bring it within a touchdown on a really great pick six and this followed by a 95 yard kickoff which is the exact same thing that happened in the wisconsin game where we had a big play for a touchdown and felt like momentum was shifting and then that happens yeah it's crazy how special teams has been has been the Achilles heel of this team this year. Like, we we never got away from it. Yeah, you know, when we were preparing for this season, coming off that Michigan State last game, that Michigan State game last year, we were all like, oh, yeah, Barrett Pickering. Like, that's solid. We're good. Yeah. Like, move, let's move no, on to the next No question. Mm-hmm. Like, that was probably, like, the most confident we were in almost any position. And then, uh, you know, his mysterious uh, whatever. And then I think, yeah, I don't know that he was actually hurt last game um i find that unlikely um but he so he was in doing kickoffs today or friday um he was not doing field goals and you could put an asterisk next to he was doing kickoffs because he's clearly not 100 percent yet yeah yeah so but but back on the uh mistakes portion of the conversation i mean that interception right at the end of the first half, that was so bad. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in the south end zone. He was pretty much lined up with me, and he threw that, and I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. Like, that was just – it was a bad read, a bad throw. Um, 
anyway. Yeah, and obviously that brings up the Martinez versus McCaffrey debate, which I'm sure will be uh, fueling the message boards and Facebook posts and Twitter observations, especially heading into the spring game in a few months. Yeah, you feel um, bad for, for Adrian. I mean, he was not set up well for this offseason in terms of lost the last game, the like one or two plays that uh, that Luke McCaffrey's in, he throws a great touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Um, here, Here's my thought. I mean, I think we've all, by now there's kind of this narrative that Frost is, Frost was booed and not trusted as a quarterback, so therefore he's going to trust and stick with his quarterback, even if it hurts the team. I, I really don't think that's the case as far as hurting the team. I mean, the fact is he had three quarterbacks playing this game. Mm-hmm. That, that, that shows me that he's not Martinez or bust. And it's real easy to say that uh, Luke comes in, he's really dynamic. I mean, he has, he has packages built just for him. I mean, he's got you know five plays that are ideally suited to his play style and that touchdown pass was an awesome play i think was designed really well to sucker the defense into letting jd be open um you know it was kind of like a rollout where he had the option of shoveling shovel passing underneath but instead he pulled up and bombed it deep um you know if you run that same play with adrian i think maybe they cover jd a little better so it's it's just really it's it's totally monday morning quarterbacking to say well the wrong quarterback was in there we'd have won if luke mccaffrey was in well yeah yeah (laughs) And the, it's, the it's, funny it's thing naive. is, is yeah, I mean, especially consider, you know, if, if he started that game, who knows if he would have been in a position to make that play to begin with, right? Right. Um, the only thing that really had me feeling conflicted during that game was all the people calling for Luke because uh, it, it was somewhat ironic that the calls for Luke also sound like booing to the right. unaccustomed ear. And right. so you you got to be wondering what that's doing psychologically in the moment to Adrian Martinez when you miss one pass and suddenly everybody's calling Luke, right? And, because and for all intents and purposes, they might as well be booing, right? Exa- I mean, it's exactly. the same, we yep. want you out, is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it j- just in that moment in the game, it's kind of like, come on. Like, the people in the stadium are not doing our guy any quarter. They're not doing our guy any favors, when they do that but um you know at, at the same time like you said uh people keep talking about how frost is ride or die with martinez um i think that at this point you know mccaffrey's been in the system for a year he would be doing a disservice to mccaffrey if he didn't give him a fair shake in the spring right like sure he, he's oh, made yeah. all of these promises and these guarantees to martinez about like hey if you if you stick with this, you're going to have an opportunity to be the starter, I'm sure is what he said at the very beginning. Oh, I'm sure he's saying the same thing to every quarterback who comes to this school. So, like, it, it would be foolish for us to assume that Scott Frost is going to be loyal to a fault uh, yeah. just for one player, you know? No, I think I think this is a wide-open quarterback competition. Mm-hmm. And you even got Logan Smothers, who we're recording Sunday night, and we just saw a tweet, a tweet beforehand from Logan of Verdue, uh, Verduzco down there with him. I mean, he's he's coming. You're going to have those guys, and Noah Vedral will be back. You, um, you've got a, a full cupboard of of great quarterbacks, and um, yeah, I think I think it's a full blown qu- quarterback competition. You could 
you could some have speculated that Adrian would have been better this year if he actually was pushed a little bit. Um, but you got to you got to think. Um, we've talked about this in the past, but if Adrian came to Nebraska and we were ten years down the road in the frost system, would Adrian have redshirted? Probably. You know, mm. would red would he have been the captain? one of the four captains of the team on his true sophomore year? Probably not. Um, So, you know, you got to feel for the kid because he's been put in a real tough situation. Yeah. And and Frost said at the beginning of the year, he said this multiple times, we're going to go as far as Adrian can take us. And they wanted him to be a more vocal leader. They wanted him to step up. And, uh, you know, he didn't have the surrounding cast he needed, the, uh, the... Offensive line was a work in progress. It was much better at the end of the year. Um, and then, you know, as, as we've also talked about a lot, it seemed like Adrian regressed a little bit, whether that was due to some injury that we don't know about or if it's just a sophomore slump. But just he had a lot of time in the pocket, and he just was not decisive. He's not been decisive all season, mm-hmm. um, except for maybe the Wisconsin game and the Maryland game. Yeah. Um, if anything, that's been the most – if anything, that's the more frustrating thing for me is like, man, we've they had 12 games to get it figured out for Iowa, you know, or 11, right? <laughs> by mm-hmm. game by game 12, I I just wanted to see him clicking more than I saw him clicking. But yeah. you know, to to stick with the the Martinez McCaffrey conversation, just one last thing for me is I'm so excited that we're going into. 2020 with two very good quarterbacks and you have no reason not to play McCaffrey if the opportunity presents itself you know like yeah, two, you can play him in every game now <laughs> two two totally viable starters mm-hmm. I mean Nebraska's done pretty well with two good quarterbacks before right right and and again I it's three good for quarterbacks because Vedral runs the system well um, yeah. I'm I, uh, I'm just off the top of my head, I can't remember who tweeted it, but there was a tweet going around today. Someone cut together all of those swing passes, and the most successful swing pass was the one that Vedral threw. Hmm. Um, he, he's more accurate uh, on some of those passes. He makes decisions more quickly. He's not quite the athlete. He doesn't have the strong arm. Um, but, you know, we can't I, – I don't know that he can become the number one guy, but he's always going to have a role on this team. Yeah, that's awesome. We did open up the phone lines this time. Uh, for this one, we, we wanted, especially with it probably, and now we know for sure, uh, being the last game of the season, we wanted to, to get people's opinions, their thoughts on the game, their thoughts on the season overall. So um, here's our first call from our friend Matt in Germany. Hey, guys, it's Matt from Germany. Uh, just call is a disappointing game. Loss uh, two years in a row, last-second field goal, tight end over the middle. Uh, nobody covered. Uh, the worst part is that they outplayed them for the second, third, and pretty much the fourth quarter. So a uh, disappointing way to end the season, but you never know. Maybe the graduation rate will uh, get them into a bowl game because there won't be enough. There won't be enough six-win teams. Not counting on it. Uh, not expecting it. But if it happens, great. But if it doesn't happen. Oh, well, uh, you guys still had a great podcast this year. Really enjoyed listening to it. Uh, we'll listen to the next ones. And um, go Big Red. And good luck with uh, Scott Frost in recruiting. Um, 
to the middle of December for the middle of December signing date. Hopefully we'll get a, enough players that will be able to continue to turn um, the program around and get it back to where we all would love it to be. Anyway, y'all have a fantastic weekend. Happy, I hope you all had a great happy Thanksgiving, and go Big Red. Thanks for the call, Matt. Thanks for the kind words about the podcast. Um, unfortunately, as we all know at this point, Nebraska's bowl hopes are um, they're done. The season's over Kaput. for this team. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Matt brings up a great point that you know just just because the season's over and and we as fans are kind of saying, hey, we got to pack it up. Um, as we already can see from this weekend, their recruiting is still happening. There's still things happening behind the scenes. It would have been nice to get those extra practices for a bowl game. That's the biggest loss there. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, always great to hear from Matt from Germany. We also got a call from uh, our friend DJ Dodge on Twitter. So here's what he had to say. What's going on, guys? This is DJ in Hong Kong. I uh, I could sit here talk about all this for hours, but I'll try and limit myself down. Um, that was a that was a rough game. I'm in the middle of it. I was happily reminded of why we sit there, put ourselves through that when we were going on a run. It just gives you a feeling that you can't beat. Um, as far as the the Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey controversy that people are trying to put in. Uh, McCaffrey coming in and throwing that TD was great, but it was a, a trick play, gadget play, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's been running the power every single time he's come in, so it was a fake on that. I don't don't know for sure if he would have come in and uh, went off, uh, but I do think Adrian was the right choice, being team captain, being the starter in a in an important situation. He's got to be the one that can make those make those plays. Uh, I mean, as far as it goes, moving into next year, though, I definitely think you gotta you gotta look at who's gonna be QB one. If McCaffrey's gonna compete, you gotta let him compete. Uh, rough season, but gonna be excited moving to the next year. I'll continue to drink the Kool Aid, and uh, come September, we'll be winning the title in my mind. Go Big Red! Uh, have a good off season. Thanks for the call, DJ. Uh, DJ touched on a lot of the same stuff that that we had touched on. Cool to hear someone else uh, like-minded and that we're not crazy here. Um, yeah, it, it will be, uh, there will be a lot of ink spilled about quarterback controversy this summer. I can I can already see it. Uh, spring, well, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And uh, here's to the off season. It will be an interesting spring game. Even in the year three, I bet that's going to be a hot ticket. <laughs> yep, I'm there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say this though. I think I'm all out of Kool-Aid for the off season. Like, <laughs> I don't know if in September I'm going to be predicting 10 and two this time, but we'll see what happens. It's easy for me to say in November after we lost and we're not going to a bowl game. <laughs> the back half of next year's schedule looks rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated what he had to say about how, you know, when we went on that 14 to nothing run in the third quarter, I'll be honest, it was the end of the first quarter, and I was kind of feeling like, oh, man, here we go. You know, you know, we, we fell behind. Uh, we, we tried to make it competitive with that pick six and then immediately give up a kickoff return. 
Um, it wasn't until the third quarter that I actually was starting to get excited with that game. But once it started happening, it was like, oh my gosh, can we actually do this? Is this actually going to happen? And then it didn't happen, um, which is a it bummer. It happened. Yeah, it's just we're, we're so close. And I think that that's what, you know, to speak to what Frost referenced a few weeks back, this idea of like so close yet so far away, like man like how many times have we been in this spot where we're just like all they need to do is just this one more thing to make it work and we still aren't getting that you know so it's maddening but you know you gotta have at this point it's just having faith that it's gonna happen man unlike some people on twitter would like us to think i don't think nebraska fans are turning their backs on frost quite yet Yeah, I, I thought it was going to happen, especially when we got that fumble um, in towards the end of the fourth quarter. I thought that was it. I thought that was game over. And then we had, was it not long after that when we had the 15-yard personal foul and then we had he ran out of bounds on Yeah, well, it was, it was three drives in a row there that are kind of mushed together in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it, but I thought that was it. I thought, you know, momentum had had waned a little bit and all of a sudden boom we had it it was a dramatic a dramatic turn of events i thought we were going to get it gotta really feel bad for that defense i mean they they put the offense in a position to win the game several times you know mike it's this it's it's the exact same thing i feel like i've said after every loss this season which was the defense did what we needed them to do if the offense was you know, even a shadow of what Frost's offense is supposed to be, we win. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, early on, it was like defense—you got to put the de- the team on your back—and not long after that, they got to pick six, and it's like, okay, wow, they're doing it. Um, and this just this offense just did not perform in the clutch at all this year. Yeah, when they really needed to, other than a couple key plays midway through the second half against Colorado to keep things competitive, they just. And, and then maybe a few plays against Northwestern in the second half. They just did not put together, just not put together that offense that that this team needs. And the defense was great. I mean, that was a mediocre offense, and we held them to what seventeen points, twenty points. That should be plenty. So with that, I, let's go to this last phone call. Yep. We had a couple of firsts this this game. First of all, we had our first call in that was purely trash talk from an opposing fan base frankly i thought it would have happened before now but it didn't we actually got two believe it or not <laughs> oh did we get we got two yep yep there was one did you listen? i don't know if i shared the second one with you we're, we're not going to spend too much time on this but one was just you know nebraska sucks that kind of thing but the other one was somebody who clearly doesn't know what he's talking about because he's like i hope frost gets extended because you're a bad team and he's a bad coach it's like well First off, he did get extended already. <laughs> so anyway. on top of getting the first and second punk calls, we also got um, a kind call from uh, opposing fans. So uh, this is Bizarro Max, who we've actually had a lot of fun interacting with on Twitter over the last month or so. Um, so let's roll that tape. Hey, guys. Bizarro Max from Twitter, one of the very few Iowa fans who does not actively hate Nebraska football. I've got a bunch of friends who are Nebraska fans, wonderful people, uh, and I always find that our, our, our two states and two teams and fan bases have much more in common than not. Just calling to say uh, good game, well fought. 
very entertaining. Uh, I'm not looking forward to playing Nebraska the next couple of years. I think Iowa's run of dominance is probably coming to an end here. Uh, none too soon, I'm sure, for your taste. So, um, you know, I'm sure you don't want to hear from an Iowa fan, either to your listeners, so I'll keep it brief and wrap it up. But I uh, just want to say, good game. Uh, well done uh, by uh, by Coach Frost and uh, the Husker team. And, man, them boys are fired up. And I don't know who the big man is on defense, but that boy can move for a guy with a big caboose. Holy cow. Anyway. Thanks for calling in, Bizarra Max. Um, it's nice to have cordial relations with the opposition. Um, and, you know, I think he's got a good point. Uh, we like to play up the whole I was lame type thing, but I know a lot of good people who are Iowa fans, and, you know, you can't blame them for being born in the wrong state. That's all. You know, right. like that. that's really what it comes down to for them. They were just yeah. raised by parents who didn't know any better. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yeah, uh, Bizarro Max and I have actually been tweeting back and forth a lot recently, and this morning he wrote out a treatise on Twitter about um, how Nebraskans and Iowans talk past each other on Twitter by talking, using the same language to describe different things, Um, and the things that each fan base cares about are kind of different, and the others refuse, and we refuse to understand that about each other. It was really interesting. Hmm. So, anyway... Here's to a reasonable Iowa fan. Yeah, I've already told you that. One of my good friends is a big Iowa fan, and he expected Nebraska to to win this one. So um, there are reasonable Iowans out there. Not the one who was sitting a couple rows in front of me. He spent more time looking backwards throughout the game, especially after good things happened for Iowa. It was unbearable. For the first half, we were like, oh, he's drunk. But during the second half, it was like, no, he's just a jerk. (laughs) He's not drunk. Well, on the flip side, I was sitting right next to an Iowa fan, and he was fine. He was cool. Ah, so I was also sitting next to an Iowa fan. We had we had a good time. At one point, he was like, that guy's really annoying. And I was like, even the Iowa fans don't like you. <laughs> That's great. I would say, though, the most fun I ever had with a fan for the opposing team was I went, I went to uh, one of the first times. I guess it was probably the first time we played Minnesota um, that came to Memorial Stadium. And he was like one fan in a sea of red and I think he got us actually chanting Iowa sucks or something like that because he was trying to, <laughs> trying to win us over. He's like, I know we're going to lose but let's have fun today. <laughs> so, this is pretty great. Huh. I actually have a photo of him crowd surfing um, at that same game. So, maybe I'll tweet that out this week. Sounds fun. So, th- th- this brings up, you know, th- this idea of people not behaving the way they should (laughs) um what do you think of the whole sportsmanship discussion with the blowing of kisses towards the sideline and etc etc i mean i thought he's a punk (laughs) and there is a currently a twitter poll being promoted by iowa fans that can help keith duncan win the lou groza award so i'm actively encouraging people to vote for rodrigo blankenship from georgia so (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty petty. That's great. Well, did you see his post-game comments about that? Oh, he's like, yeah, we're here to entertain. It's just entertainment. It's just fun. It's like, no, you're a punk. Yeah. Turning around and kiss, blowing kisses at the sideline immediately, you're a punk. I mean, it's not it's not throwing, it's not giving the finger. It's not cursing, but it's, you know, it's a pretty punk thing to do. Right. Yeah, I knew something was amiss, though, when uh, after they scored their last touchdown uh, the kicker went out, and he went out of his way to go kick a red balloon like around midfield before going to line up for the point after. I was like, dude, oh, I missed that. 
you like I it, I had a front row viewing of it and it was like there's no chance that he would have gone in that direction unless there was a balloon there like it wasn't a here I need to get this out of my way it was like a <laughs> all right time to go kick my extra point <laughs> it's like come on man come on I missed that yeah he's a punk oh well so unfortunately we will end the season tied when it comes to score predictions um because oh, yeah. when nebraska loses we all lose right so um right. thank you to everybody who stuck it out and gave us score predictions throughout the season um we will continue to do it in the future because we are going to be steadfast in our belief that brighter days are ahead and it will be a lot more fun um predicting it'll be yeah it'll just be more fun in general (laughs) so um i guess to close out the discussion on the game here um as brutal as it might be let's hear the stats breakdown for for us key stats well two of the three are really close we actually tied on the turnover category we each yay (laughs) threw an interception we each um threw a fumble or dropped lost a fumble you could argue that their interception was more costly because it led directly two points for us, um, whereas theirs just took away an opportunity for us to score. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so we broke even there. Although, Mike, I can't for the life of me remember when we lost a fumble. I'll be honest, I I only remember the interception. Yeah. So um, points per possession, they ended up having one more possession than us uh, because of that last scoring drive, and so obviously had a few more points um so we had 1.5 points per possession they had 1.59 points per possession so really close Mm -hmm. yards per play is a really interesting statistic that we lose so we lose 3.6 to 5.6 on that stat um but interestingly swing passes man it's all those backward passes we (laughs) we had 23 more plays than them 79 to 59 holy cow um, and then they outgained us by 40 yards. Wow. Three, 324 to 384. Um, so, you know, a lot goes back to those two big play touchdown runs that they had mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Um, it's, that was just really huge for them. We were up in, and up until the final drive that they, their, their game winning drive, I think we were even or if not maybe a little ahead of them in total yards. So, you know, it really was an evenly fought game statistically. Um, somehow we held on. We we beat them in time of possession. We Just under 34 minutes to just over 26 minutes. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I, that does make sense. But, I mean, that's just a really odd breakdown. I mean, it just kind of shows how weird that game was for us. Yeah, and you were mentioning swing passes. It's it's actually the rushes where we get lose our average. So um, Stanley and Martinez had really similar passing stats. Uh, Stanley was 11 of 25 for 99 yards, and Martinez was 12 of 23 for 100 yards. Hmm. So one more yard on one more completion, two less passes. And then, but then when you look at rushing attempts, we rushed the ball 56 times for 184 yards. They rushed it 31 times for 20, 225 yards. So that was the real difference. Yeah, for real. And that, you know, so much of that came on two plays where I don't think coming into the season, 
or coming into this last game, they were not a great rushing team. And that was what made that all the more frustrating. And you could kind of understand it on a you know, a well executed reverse. Well executed by them, poorly covered by us, but that that other long touchdown run was just infuriating. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so so um, I, I can hear you like landing the plane on the season as you speak. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you're uh, like, let's just get this done, man. <laughs> yeah, SP plus. We ended fifty two. I suppose that's not the final SP plus because I think bowl games will get factored in. But yeah. with the regular season done and us done, we're at fifty two. So no no change on that spot. Offensively, we dropped a spot to 42. Defensively, we dropped six spots to 61. And I'm sure that's because it was not a good offense that we mm. allowed 27 points to. And then special teams, uh, no change, 123. I am having a hard time conceiving that there are worse teams <laughs> when it comes to special teams, but uh, I don't want to well, rail Armstrong, too hard on our I, team. Isaac Armstrong did a good job. Yeah, that's true. He did. He's a solid player. Yeah, for us was all season. Yeah, I'm sorry. I probably don't. I'll probably even cut that whole comment because that's no. I mean, it's worth. I'm sure other people have a similar thought to you. Yeah, okay. And so it's worth having that conversation just so people can be reminded. He actually punted ten times uh, for 388 yards, averaging 38.8 with uh, 50 long, uh, along with 50 or other, and uh, two inside the 20. So, uh, you know, good night for him. That's respectable. And you know that that brings up for me. Uh, we, we didn't touch on it at all yet, but you know, think of all the seniors leaving this year. That's that's the biggest bummer. Is you think of somebody? I mean, obviously, special teams. Chase Urbach comes to mind, but also like Lamar Jackson. Man, ah, oh, I'm just heartbroken for that kid. He, for like I said last year, he just kind of became my favorite player on this team. Representative, and he was of, so. So emotional after the game yeah. on the field, in the press conference afterwards. I mean, he, he believes, and he's probably the best uh, case study to this point of what can happen if you buy into Frost's system. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Chase Erbach fan club. It's the close-up shop. We'll have to, I don't know if we'll keep following long snappers. That's been fun. <laughs> We're going to have to pick another unsung hero down the road. It really doesn't get more unsung than the long snapper. Especially at the time that we singled him out, being the backup long snapper. <laughs> the backup long snapper, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the holder maybe, but lots of times your holder is a quarterback, or I think yeah. it was Isaac Armstrong. So it's an unsung position, but it's usually someone who's got other opportunities to to get headlines. So, you know, it might be the most unsung spot, yeah. To Chase Erbach. Cheers. Cheers. I left my water bottle to you. I don't have anything, so here's my pen. Okay. Justin, if you're like me, you're the kind of person that eats your feelings. Um, <laughs> and there's no better way to salve these wounds than with some central Nebraska buffalo. Yeah, some bison steak sounds real good right now. Actually, we did commiserate over food after the game, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, Daily Owns. Yeah. Episode, anyway. This episode is not brought to you by Daily Owns. But Central Nebraska Buffalo's got some great holiday gift options. Hey. If you're looking for a unique gift for that special someone in your life, uh, I'm seriously considering, unless they're listening right now, in which case I'm not considering it, family members, uh, be, be surprised. You can get six third-pound buffalo patties and five buffalo 
hot dogs for 25 bucks. Ooh. There's also uh, a two six-ounce filet steak and six third-pound buffalo patties package for 40 You could do two 12-ounce ribeye steaks or six third-pound buffalo patties for 42 bucks. Or kind of the, the big one here, you can do two filets, two ribeyes, and two New York, New York strips for 79 Nice. As you know, I already took advantage of one of their Black Friday sales, so... Um, have you been I'm a believer. It? Have you had it yet? No, I'm holding on. I'm waiting. Waiting until... Waiting until the holidays? Waiting until Just I can pat- fire up the grill, like, for real, and, oh, well, and cook gonna, up the burgers, but... Uh, you're going to hang on to those for a while, huh? No, we've got a covering on the back porch here, so we, it's it's not out of the question for us to do some grilling in the wintertime, so... Let me know, uh, let me know when you're when you're firing that up. I, I will. Over. I will send you a picture after I've eaten it. <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Be sure and reach out to our friends at Central Nebraska Buffalo if you're interested in one of those gift pack options. You can email them at cnbuffalo1 at gmail.com, or you can find them on Facebook at Central Nebraska Buffalo, Twitter, I think CN Buffalo. They're on Instagram. All kinds of ways to get bison meat. Yeah, and if you do take advantage of their um, winter sales here, go ahead and if you cook any of their stuff up, tweet out a picture, tag us in it. I'd love to see what people are doing with it because, I don't know, they, I, I feel like this is a really cool like organic partnership that we've got going here. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, hopefully the, the people listening to this podcast week in and week out, you guys understand that this is kind of a, a grassroots, homegrown business that we're, we're trying to get the word out about here, so... Um, anything you can do to partner with us in getting the word out about Central Nebraska Buffalo, that'd be awesome. Um, and plus, it's always fun. People love taking pictures and looking at pictures of food. I mean, people do it on Instagram all day, so why not do it with something that you know was raised here in the state of Nebraska, right? And and if you've got an extra buffalo patty and you don't know what to do with it and it's on the grill, like Twitter message us, man. I'll be there. If you're within an hour of Lincoln, I'll be there. <laughs> That's funny that you say if you're within an hour of Lincoln. I have a friend who's just launched a, a business herself, and um, she she tweeted out some kind of a giveaway, and it said, like, must live within 60 minutes of Lincoln. And I thought to myself, man, you know you're from the Midwest when you're measuring distance with time. <laughs> right. Well, with that, I think it's time for a little Husker Pod hibernation. Yeah, I think this is going to be it for us for a little while. Obviously, there's no bowl game to look forward to uh, for Nebraska. But, uh, you know, we are a year-round podcast. So if any significant news presents itself here in the offseason, we will do an episode from time to time. Um, Certainly as spring practice begins, certainly leading up to the spring game. um, And then throughout the summer, we always like to do previews of our opponents for the upcoming season so um if you are subscribed to this podcast thank you so much please stay subscribed because then you know throughout the winter and into the spring you'll be pleasantly surprised with some new husker football fan podcast content um if you haven't yet subscribed now's the time to do it yeah what mike said we look forward to talking on and off through the winter spring and summer and if you like what you're hearing please leave us a five-star rating and review And with that, I will say, go Big Red. Go Big Red. 
Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. You know, I've never really been self-conscious about, like, specific things on my body, but people have told me that I have a really weird gap between my big toe and the rest of my toes. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. <laughs> people observe, they're like, oh my gosh, you must love wearing flip-flop sandals. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> How often do people see your feet? I don't know. It's weird, I, don't know I fear it gives me better balance. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's uh, let's get out of here and talk soon. <laughs> the in a last few weeks. thing that we talked on the Hus- talked about on the Husker Pod for the 2019 season was Mike's toe gap. Go big red, Mike. <laughs> Go big red. Wait, no. Here, let's let's actually do wrap up properly and let people know. Like, hey, we.